Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen, everybody. Amen. All right. Hey, get your Bibles out. Turn to your app, whatever that looks like for you. Turn to Acts 16. Acts 16. I want to say this, getting started. I'm just so glad that you're here. Uh, I haven't seen you since last year. I know, but if if I didn't say that, I'd lose my pastor card. That's what pastors do. They say that kind of stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look better this year than last year. There you go. All right, that's all mine. I shouldn't have acknowledged that, but it is. It's all mine. That one's all mine. Um, but we're glad that you're here. And what a way to start the year. We're coming together or, or the online experience. And I just want to say, be consistent. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And consistency is what helps you grow. I want to encourage you in that and connect. I, what do you teach on the first of the year, right? You've got so many inspirational things. A new year, new you. And I love that. I've done that. I, I love all that. And I spend a lot of time just asking God, God, what is it you want to speak to a tree of life in and through me. And uh, there's some things I really feel that God's very specific on. Uh, today, I wanna, I wanna say something I really felt God dropped heavy in my heart to, to kind of get us going in the year. But on January 16th, uh, we're starting a new series called uh, Make Room. And that's what I really feel like God has dropped in my heart uh, for Tree of Life coming up this season in 2022. And so I wanna encourage you all to come back, be a part of that January 16th. Um, send, if you watch it on home, watch it on home, send the link to somebody. People are always look, looking for a church or looking for a place to land at the new year, resolutions, get back on track, just help them find this place that can come here about our heart starting there in January 16th. Uh, next week, as I said, we're gonna talk about just connecting as a body, as a family, and the importance of that and value of that. And then today, I really feel like God put this burden in my heart and uh, I don't wanna like, introduce it because I want it to come in the context of my message. So let's start in Acts 16 in verse 20, and let me say this, give you a little background. This is a pretty famous story in scripture. If you've been in church a while, uh, probably one of your favorites, maybe it's certainly one of mine. Uh, it's about Paul and Silas that they got thrown into prison, and then in the midnight hour, they spent time praising and worshiping God, and this big earthquake came, and the doors were all opened, and all the chains were off of every prisoner, and they shouted to the jailer, and we'll get there in just a moment, but it's something that's, there's a lot of great things in there. But I really felt God just put this passage in my heart and directed me there. And as I was setting it out, there's, some, there's a message in there beyond that I want us to grab today. So what we find is Paul and Silas in Philippi, which is a Roman territory under Roman law then. And they're just walking around, sharing the gospel. And there's a young girl that they uh, come in contact with who is actually possessed by a spirit, the Bible says, and she can predict the future. And so men uh, were using her for income and people would pay to get their fortune or however you want to say that. And then uh, she began following Paul and Silas for a while, for days, the Bible says. And she was basically telling everybody, these are from God. These men are from God. And they're telling everybody how to be saved. Did you know that? That even the devil knows what, what Jesus is all about, right? Salvation, getting people saved. And then uh, it says, the Bible actually says, Paul got so annoyed that he turned and looked at her and cast the devil out of her and the spirit left. And so I just wanna say today, already I've given you a nugget for 2022. I just have shared with you already the first Sunday of the year, how to deal with annoying people, cast the devil out of them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do it now. <laughs> I don't know if they're sitting by you, but wait till you get home if that's the case, right? And uh, you might be the one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> but what I want to point out through the course of the story, and, uh, and now I'm going to jump into 20, probably need to move on, 
is listen to what Paul says in this passage. So here we go in verse 20. Uh, so that happened and those men were angry because they're no longer making money off this girl. And so they brought them to the magistrate, which is like the justice of the peace of the judge. So they brought them, Paul and Silas, before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. Throwing our city into an uproar. All they did was turn to this girl and really help her, free her by saying, you know, in the name of Jesus, come out. And verse 21 says, by advocating customs, now listen to this, customs unlawful for us Romans to accept their practice. Now understand in a little more context for your background that in Roman territory that there was a sanctioned religion approved by the Senate and anything outside of those religions was called unlawful. So the only charge they could bring against Paul and Silas to get them eventually imprisoned was they were bringing a new religion that had not been sanctioned by the Senate and that's the charge they brought against them, even though they were preaching the good news, the gospel. And here's the thing about this I want you to know. As we are living in a counter-Christian culture, and it's not unlawful to preach the gospel here, thank God, it is or other places of the world. But listen, sometimes the culture or the world or where we're living in does not like or appreciate the gospel and people sharing it. And so it caused this big uproar and they brought them to, uh, let's keep reading. Um, the crowd joined in the attack. So they all came, the, the popular thought all came together and joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates, the judges ordered them to be stripped and to be beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Verse 24, when they received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. So he got instructions. Hey, these are important prisoners. They've been really stirring it up out there. I want them really secure. So they put them in the innermost part of the dungeon, the most secure place, and fastened their feet in stocks. In other words, they put stocks or two boards, two wooden boards that have holes in it. Might be holes for feet, might be holes for hands and, and, and your head. But they put them around their feet so they couldn't really basically even walk or do anything. It says this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Interesting phrase, we'll get back to that. All the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the, that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at, all at once, the prison doors flew open and all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I want you to hold on to that. All doors, all chains. The jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. And if they had escaped, they would take his life and blame him anyways. So he was gonna take his own life. And then it says, but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Stop, we're here. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? If they're asking, he's asking them, what do I need to be saved? He must have heard them either praying something or singing something about God that would reveal that there's a better way, another life. Verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them. I love this part. The jailer took them and washed their wounds Wait a minute, the jailer who held them in the deepest, darkest prison, the, the jailer who was charged with keeping them bound, the jailer who basically took all their hope, who, who put uh, stalks on their feet and, and just created an unsafe environment, who probably despised them. I don't know if he was the one who whipped them. I don't know if he's the one who beat them, but he's certainly of those that did. He's the one then, and all of a sudden everything changes. And now look who's washing their wounds. Come on, somebody. 
The world now has turned and is washing the wounds. And then immediately his household were baptized. So they were all saved. Changed lives. Changed their lives. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Verse 35, when it was daylight, the magistrates, the judges, sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. Wait a minute, I thought all doors came open, all chains fell off. It's interesting that Paul and Silas, they're in the jailer's house, but apparently it seems like they're still in custody. Interesting. And the jailer told them, uh, told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, and here's what I'm getting to. I've preached this numerous times. I love this passage of scripture, but I never saw this part like I've seen it now. And I think this is what really God's speaking to us, to me, to all the tree of life in this, in this way. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial. Even though we were Roman citizens, we have rights. We're people here too. And they threw us into prison. We didn't do anything wrong. In fact, all we're doing is good. We have a message of hope. We have a message of the gospel. In fact, we brought freedom to one young girl and we saw the miraculous power of God working and open the doors for set prisoners free and drop bondage from their life. And now they want us to be quiet and now they want to get rid of us quietly. Don't make a scene. No, let them come and themselves and escort us out. Paul's like, you want me to be quiet? When you were loud and humiliating us and you were coming against and speaking against what we believe and saying, what do you think you're doing? You can't share that gospel here. You need to be quiet. We're gonna throw you in prison and we're gonna beat you. And all of a sudden the prison shakes and all this stuff happens and everybody saw it. And you want me to go quietly? You want me to be silent? Are you kidding me? He says, no, I will not be silent. No, I will not live my Christianity in secret. No, I will not keep it to myself. No, I'm not going to do that. He says in verse 38, he says, and the officers responded to this, to the magistrates. And when they had heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. And they came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. In other words, if you really study it out, a huge crowd gathered, people from the magistrates and all their officers and came. And then people that just heard, heard what happened, felt the shaking maybe. All these people, the doors have opened and had escaped, maybe, I don't know. And, but nonetheless, all of a sudden, a huge crowd gathers and what the enemy meant for bad, God turned around for good. All because, all because Paul and Silas raised their voice. Can I tell you today, I believe that's what God's speaking to all of us, his church, his people. We need, in the times that we live in, we need to be people that will raise our voice that we will not be quiet with our Christianity. We will not live our life in secret. We will not live our walk. We'll not live who we are in Christ in secret. And Paul can say, no, we are more than conquerors. Paul can say, are you kidding me? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I belong to the kingdom of God. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Be quiet. Be quiet about a God who just shook the foundations of this prison and opened the doors. How can I be silent how can I be quiet, especially in the world today? It may not be popular to be a Christian. It may not be popular right now to be a Christian in the world because now everything has to be politically correct and we're worried about offending people and all this and that. I don't mean being disrespectful, but he's saying like, no, I can't be silent. I have the message of truth. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God and the salvation. You want me to be a quiet Christian? It's okay. It's almost like, hey, it's okay, Paul. It's okay. We get it. Just don't do that anymore. 
just, you know, when you're at your house, maybe you could have, like, sing those little songs and stuff at your house maybe or, you know, go to that place and meet in those four walls and maybe do whatever you want to do there. But don't bring that out here to all of us. We're believing this way. This is counter to what the world says. We're living life this way. I get that it's not the way that you think it should be lived, but, 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 but this is how we've chosen to live and you just need to keep quiet. You need to keep that to yourself. You, you, you keep your belief system to yourself. Don't get out here in the public and express it. Does that not sound like the world we live in today? I don't know I can think of a, a, more, a, a time where in, in my lifetime that it seems like the gospel and Christianity is more under attack than ever before. I think it's the world we're living in today. They're trying to silence and keep the... Am I the only one that thinks that? Trying to keep the church silent? And there's churches that are keeping silent. And there's Christians that are keeping silent. Secret agent Christians. <laughs> Have you been around them and they, something comes up and you see like a little Tree of Life mug on the table and say, I didn't know you went to church. Why not? How come? That's why everybody needs to wear a tree merch. <laughs> you may not say it, but wear it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's a little plug. I'm getting 10% commission. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. 10% goes to the church. Tithing, right? That's what we're doing. <laughs> but Paul, I love it, says, I'm not going anywhere quietly or secretly. I'm a believer. I have nothing to be ashamed of. I have nothing to be quiet about. And in this lost and broken and messed up world, they need the answer. And Jesus is still the answer for today. I believe this passage is, amen. I believe this passage of scripture is an analogy of the church. I believe it's a picture today for you and I still holds true. And we have to, it shows us how we need to act. We need to find our voice. We cannot be silent. And so I want to take that passage of scripture. I'm going to look at a few places where Paul raised his voice, if you will. The first one was we saw the, before this all really started, actually I didn't give you the scripture that we read, but I gave you the backstory. We saw Paul had an encounter with a girl that had been following him around for a few days and he turned and she was operating in a spirit demonic spirit and he turned and cast the spirit out of her and he looked at her and says come out in the name of Jesus the authority that he has through a believer in Jesus name and the spirit came out and I want to say this we need to have a voice because we need to address the wrong that is being done in our society today if I could take it to reality in real life today here's a group of men that were exploiting a young girl come on they were profiting off of the exploitation of a young girl and let me just bring it home today, girl or boy. There's people in our world today, sick, sad, that are exploiting young men and women, and the church has to have a voice. We cannot be silent. We have to have our voice. We have to find our voice and speak out against the injustice being done. Speak out against the things that are being done to those who can't speak for themselves. Speak out against those who are being exploited and marginalized. We have to find our voice, and we need to be people that don't accept that or put up with that. And we address that immediately. We have the authority of a believer in Jesus' name, just as Paul did to speak out against that. What if Paul had stayed silent and that young girl still would have been in bondage and still have been exploited? You need to find your voice. As a follower of Christ, you speak out against those that are being marginalized and exploited. And it's happening at alarmingly rates or numbers all around us, everywhere around us. And we have to speak to that. The next place he raised his voice was when Paul and Silas were in the inner dungeon and they had stalks on their feet. Now get the picture for a second. The stalks were on their feet and they were designed in a way that they couldn't walk. In fact, the absolute most comfortable way for them with stalks on their feet to rest was on their back. They had to lay down on their back and keep their feet out in front of them. Well, the problem with that was they had been whipped and beaten on their backs. 
It was the most uncomfortable position they could be in. They probably had not experienced maybe even to that point pain and suffering to that point. And yet, in their darkest moment, if you will, in the middle of the inner dungeon, they raised their voice, the Bible says, and prayer and singing hymns. They sang, they said prayers and sang hymns to God. And that phrase was another, I pointed out to you, other prisoners were listening. The other prisoners, like the jailer, heard about God, heard how to be saved, saw the power of God in operation, really was that maybe not even really for Paul and Silas? Maybe them lifting their voice in that moment was for everyone else round about them. That it didn't matter what they were experiencing in their greatest moment of pain, but you don't know how I'm hurting right now. I get it. But if you'll raise your voice to God, if nothing else, for those round about you. Because here's what the Bible says. They raise their voice in prayer and in songs. And it says, and I love the wording of this, it says the, the, the prison shook at the foundations of the prison. I couldn't get off that. I just read that and was writing notes and I kept coming back. I kept coming back to foundation, foundation, foundation. Why the word foundation? Why the word foundation? And I, and I really felt this. I felt that, you know, when we lift our voice as followers of Christ, when we lift our voice up in prayer and praise, it shakes the very foundation of the things that prison us and the chains and bondage. It shakes the very foundation of that which has imprisoned you. It shakes the very foundation of, of the doors that have been closed upon you till they open. It shakes the very foundation of the chains of the, or, or the stocks that have been put around you that have limited you and they break them off of it. It shakes the foundation. In other words, it goes to the root of the problem. It doesn't give you just a temporary relief. Oh, if I could just get some relief for my feet, I just would be okay, just a little bit. Give me some. No, it goes right to the roots, right to the foundation and addresses it right there. Let me say it this way in context of the story. When they lifted their voices in prayer and praise, you know what happens? It shook the foundation of the things that imprisoned everyone around them. Come on, somebody. Come on, mom and dad. When you lift your voice in your home in prayer and praise, it shakes the foundation of the things that have imprisoned your children. It shakes the foundation of addiction. It shakes the foundation of insecurity and, and depression. It shakes the foundation of self-worth. It shakes the foundation of finding love and sex. Come on. Our prayer and praise, when we find our voice and we lift it up unto God, it shakes the foundation of the things that have kept us in prison and kept us in chains and shackles, but those around us. This world, whether they realize it or not, they're imprisoned in darkness. They're in bondage to sin. The Bible says when they lifted their voices, shook the foundations, and all the doors were open. All the chains. Listen, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there's, no way, there's no way we could know what all the other prisoners were in them for. Maybe some of them were followers of Paul and Silas and kind of just got guilty by association, right? We're throwing you in there. Chances are, however, there was a lot of prisoners in there for a whole lot of other reasons, but because two men found their voice. The power of God was revealed and released and set them free too. <laughs> we, we have to find our voice. 2022 is a year that, I'm doing a lot of shouting right now. I get it. I'm, I'm, I, and we're going we're gonna to have a louder voice. I, I don't know how to, we're gonna, 2020 years of the year, we're going we're gonna to really intentionally Get our voice out there. I, I don't know how to say it. It's still rolling around to me. We're, gonna, we're not going to be quiet. We're not going to be a silent church. 
And I don't believe that we have. I don't, I don't believe that we have. But we can get louder. We can make some more noise out there. Shook the foundation. I love that. So had Paul and Silas stayed silent, other prisoners would not have seen and experienced the power of God and would still stayed imprisoned and in bondage. Third place that raised their voice, it says when the chains came off and the doors came open, it says they immediately yelled to the jailer, hey, don't hurt yourself. Don't harm yourself. We're here. In other words, they said, stop. Stop what you're gonna do. Don't harm yourself any farther. Because what would happen is when the jailer would come, if everybody had gone free, they would take his life. But you know what they did when they immediately shouted? They raised their voice to shout. They said, stop, don't hurt yourself. I know it looks bad, but it's not as bad as you think. I, 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 know, you're, I know it's the worst possible scenario, and I know there's, you think there's no way you can live any longer, but stop, there's another way. Think about all the people in our lives. You just may be that voice. You may be that voice in your circle of relationships that you may not even know in the moment that somebody is hurting and they're at the end of their rope and they don't think they can go on any longer and why even live anymore? It's not worth it and I have no value and purpose. And you can say, no, stop. It's not what you think. It's not as bad. There's another way. I, I, I know it looks bad, but stop for a moment. There's another way. Let me help you. Oh, that we would be people to be sensitive to the needs around about us, just to use our voice and say, stop, that's not a good path that you're on. Stop, that, that, that's just going to lead you to destruction. Stop, that, that there's a God that has more for you. I, you don't know it, you don't realize it yet. I, I get that, but, but I'm here for you. I, I, I didn't leave you. I didn't run. I, I didn't look out for myself. I'm here for you. Stop. In the world today, so many people are taking their lives because our world has created such an isolation. Such a, such a, 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 a mental health is just running crazy and we're isolated more than ever and depression and, and younger and younger and all these things in the church who's got the message of hope cannot stay silent. We have to say, Stop! There's another way, and his name is Jesus. And he loved you. Oh, that we would be that people. We would be that church. This lost and hurting world needs our voice. Needs your voice. The people you work with need your voice. The, the people that you go to school with or your kids need your voice. The, the ones on the ball team, they, they, they need your voice. They're not gonna get it from the world. Stop, there's another way. The next time they, we read in the scripture and it shows us Paul's voice, he spends time ministering to the jailer and his family. In fact, he shares the gospel, the good news. and tells them how to believe in God. And so he spoke the word to them all and it says he and his household, the word was spoken to him. And then it says in verse 33 that the jailer then, after hearing the word, after hearing the message of love, come on. After hearing the message of forgiveness, 
after hearing the message of you've not done too much for God not to love you, as not hearing that you're not so bad that God can't forgive you, as hearing the one he sacrificed his life and gave himself, we need to be the voice in this world preaching the gospel, sharing the good news with everywhere we go because it's the only thing that brings hope. It's the only thing that saves. It's the only thing that heals and restores. And after the jailer and his household hearing the gospel being ministered to, I don't know if you've ever shared the gospel with anybody, but this is your year. This is your year to find your voice to share the gospel, the good news. And we're looking for more ways to share the gospel. We're looking for more ways for this church to have a, a greater voice in sharing the gospel. I'll tell you about two I'm super excited about, February 11th. We're working with the Tim Tebow Foundation for uh, an event they called Night to Shine. And it is basically, it is a, a prom that they've created. I think this is the eighth year for families of children with special needs to have a prom, have a night where it's all about them to celebrate. So we on February 11th will be that place where the light and love of Jesus will shine. And we'll be a part of that. Amen? And you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear more about that. That is what's that. That's our... We're going to have the voice of Jesus and share the gospel any way we can. April 9th, I believe. April 9th, we have been contacted by, and we are going to be the host site from all of Austin, Austin to San Antonio, right here for the Special Olympics bicycle race trials. They're all going to be held here on campus for Austin to San Antonio and all points in between. What is that? That's our voice. We're going to serve them. We're going to love them. Because our actions speak louder than words sometimes. But just through our serving and loving, right? The gospel's gonna go forth and they're all gonna know there's people that love them, care about them. I love this picture here. Maybe the ones in your life that have mistreated you and that you hope they go to hell. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Right? Love them. Love them. Love your enemies. Love the ones that despise you. Love the ones that hate you. Love them. Love them with the love of the Lord. I can't do that. No, you can't, but he that's in you can. Love them with the gospel, the good news. Because the Bible says here, and then the jailer was the one who treated their wounds. The jailer was the one that fed them. You don't want to know a way to change your heart. The only way, the greatest way for a genuine change is the gospel. It's the gospel. The good news, it's the word of God that will bring love and healing and restoration and unity and bring people together. We are here to win the world. And then the last place in this passage of scripture is where we ended the story and we eventually launched into our message. In verse 37 where Paul says, I'm not gonna be quiet. The world is loud. Mobs, groups of people yelling and screaming at them. The world is so public with what it believes. Why would I stay silent? Why would I be quiet when I have the answer? Jesus is the answer and always will be. Why would I be quiet when the world is trying to push stuff down our throat? The world is trying to say stuff to us. Listen, I believe there's a spirit in this world that's trying to keep the church silent. There's a spiritual battle that the world is trying to keep believers silent. Like it like when Paul and Silas first spoke to that young girl and brought freedom to her, they tried to intimidate him and then they couldn't take their voice away through this room in jail and then they couldn't take their voice away in prison because it doesn't matter where you are, God is always with you. And he's more than enough. I will not be intimidated. And you can lock me up, but I'm still God's son. 
And he's still a good God. He's still done stuff for me. And I will not be silent. And the darker this world gets, the brighter this church needs to shine. And the louder this world gets, the louder still should his people get. It's time to get loud. Make some noise. We're not going to be a silent church. We're not going to live behind our four walls. Operate a secret Christianity. There's a voice that God wants us to have that we need to step up and combat the voice of the world. The voice of the world would say, stay out of government, stay out of voting. No. The world would say, stay out of school systems. The world would say, stay out of public events and activities. The world would say, stay out of city hall, stay out of the capital, stay out of business, stay out of government programs for the under-resourced, stay out of hospitals. Be quiet, be secret, but listen, the worse things get, the louder we get. There's time to be gentle as a lamb and there's time to roar like a lion. Amen. Amen. I would roar for you, but where my voice is, I'd be like, <laughs> it's kind of scratchy, but you get the picture. <laughs> we're not gonna stay out of, we're not, I read this, we're not gonna stay out of nothing. <laughs> we're gonna get into everything, right? You got that kid? How's your kid? Yeah, man, he just gets into everything. We're gonna be that church. People, you know that church, yeah, they just get into everything. Yeah, that's a compliment. We're going to get into everything. The answer is Jesus, and he is still the answer. And this world is trying, and movies are trying to put it down, and TV's trying to take our voice away. Anything you want to do, the culture here, it doesn't matter. We are going to find our voice and not be silent. We're not supposed to live quietly. We're supposed to preach the word and not water it down. We're, gonna, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not worried about being politically correct or offending people. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're gonna get loud. We're gonna pull down strongholds. Listen, you gotta get loud to pull down strongholds sometimes. Spiritual warfare. We're gonna walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not quiet. We're gonna cast out devils. We're gonna lay hands on the sick. We're gonna operate signs, wonders, and miracles. We're gonna praise him with everything we have. We're gonna lift our hands or fall on our knees and worship. We're gonna serve sacrificially. We're gonna give generously because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we will not live quietly. Amen. Amen. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come and we are gonna be loud all over the world. We're not gonna back down, we're not gonna calm down, we're not gonna slow down, we're not gonna quiet down. And the voice of the world would say, no one wants to hear what you believe. The voice of the world would say, you actually believe in the virgin birth, yes. The world would say, you actually believe that there was a resurrection, yes. The world will say, then you just keep that to yourself. You cling to your Bibles. And here in Texas, they say, you cling to your Bibles and your guns. <laughs> we, will not, <laughs> we will not be silent. God bless Texas. We will not be silent. I want to give you three things as I close. Three things we need to know. Number one, the church is not supposed to be impacted by the world, but impact the world. It's not like, I hear saying like the, well, the world happens. No, the church happens. The church happens. Church happens to the world. We're not supposed to live quietly. We're not supposed to lose our religious freedom. We're not supposed to lose our right to free speech. 
church is here for impact. Mark 16, 15 through 18. Let me just read the first part. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world, the great commission. Number two, the church is not supposed to be weak. We're not a weak church. We're not weak people. The church is supposed to be strong. Daniel eleven thirty two 32 says this. But the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Great exploits. And number three, the church is not supposed to be overwhelmed by the world's predictions. The church is supposed to be encouraged by God's promises. I know everybody's trying to predict what 2022 is going to be like. I know. I know. I hear them all, right? They're predicting pandemic and pandemic and pandemic. They're predicting economy. They're predicting, I get it, inflation. They're predicting all kinds of job reports. I, I get it. They're predicting conflicts around the world. But you know what? No matter what's happening in the world, we are not of this world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We belong to a heavenly king and a heavenly kingdom. We don't operate in the world's economy. Whatever they're predicting, I'm a tither. And I'm bound to God's economy, no matter what's happening around here. We got to get away from being caught up. Now, we can't be unwise, and maybe we need to be informed, but we got to get away from being caught up with the world's predictions and operating our life that way or planning our life that way. We operate by the promise of God. That changes not. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's how we operate. That's why we can have a voice. In a downturned economy, that's why we can have a voice in a pandemic. We need to. No matter who's in government, we can still have a voice. Because we're not bound to those things. John 16, 33 says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We can't stay silent because he's overcome the world. The Bible says that the church is to be a glorious bride full of God's glory, full of God's power. That's who we're supposed to be in this world. Yeah, I'm good. Here's what I felt in my heart. We talked about through the scripture, having our voice. And in particular, I'm gonna land right now on the passage that talked about Paul and Silas. When they raised their voice in the most difficult of circumstances in their life, and it's probably the last thing they wanted to do, probably overwhelmed with their circumstance, and yet in that moment in pain, they raised their voice in prayer and in praise. And when they did, the power of God fell and shook the foundation of that prison and all those roundabouts. So I want us to stand to our feet. All I know to do is do what the Bible says. We're just going to do the world. We're just going to do the word, <laughs> not the world. <laughs> We're going to do the word. Amen. So I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what your expectation is for 2022. I don't know how good or bad 2021 is. I don't know what your predictions are for 2022. I don't know what's happening in your body, in your marriage, in your life. I have no idea. It may be the worst possible moment for you right now. But here's what I know. According to the word of God, when you find your voice and you lift it in prayer and praise, it shakes the foundation of your life. And everything changes. Let's worship God. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 